It's always good when um, uh, you hear the opening of the service and you think, that's where I was going to start. So what I'd love you to do is turn to a person next to you or behind you and just uh, talk with them just for a moment about when you were last hungry, properly hungry, or when you were last thirsty, okay? Find a friend or make a new friend uh, and talk with them. Uh, You've got about uh, two minutes. Go for it. If you've got a good hungry story, can you come up on the mic very quickly and share it? That would be really good because my toast isn't finished yet. Anyone got a good hungry story or not? Well, I got hungry. I'm making toast. You can't preach when you're hungry. So, um, is anyone, is anyone serious? Has anyone got a good hungry story or not? You've got one? Yeah? Great. Come on then. On the mic. My toast isn't done. Come on. So, um, this morning, I got up and I, you know, I had a good night's sleep. I got up. And Miranda said, do you want to go for a swim tomorrow, Dad? And so I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got up, ready for my swim, but I don't like to have breakfast. Sorry, I'm not going to go on too oh, long. That's right. Don't, I, don't have breakfast before a swim because I get a stitch. So I went for a swim. Miranda and I went for a swim, whoosh, up and down. Then I came out and I thought, oh, I could just do with a little bit of something to eat. And they had, the breakfast was over by the time at the university cafe breakfast until 11 and it was about half past 11. I was absolutely starving. So I had this croissant. Thank you, Peter. Had this croissant and I was okay until about 2 o'clock. And then, you know, the tennis started and everything and I was going, oh, starving. And then Alison says to me, you're not starving. People in Africa or wherever it is, you know, Somalia or, you know. Yeah. Starving, but you're not starving. I was, yes, I am actually, Alison. So that's my story. Thanks, Pete. Um, I actually can't finish this and preach. Um, I hope, I hope that as I'm talking, the smell of hot buttered toast starts to make you hungry. Actually, I kind of like it not too well done. Um, so um, I just hope that it makes you hungry. Um, because there's that, there's, you know, there are some things, aren't there, that, that actually make us hungry. Um, a bit like um, James, most of my uh, hungry stories and thirsty stories seem to be connected with running. Uh, and um, I, training for a marathon in, in Torquay, as you're kind of coming back into Torquay, there's lots of fish and chip shops. So I, I developed on the longer runs an obsession for hot chips covered in, and I hate vinegar, covered in vinegar and lots and lots of salt. And I would kind of get, you know, a long way into the run and I'd just be like, get me a chip shot now. Um, or, or on the London Marathon last year, and you know, for those of the, that ran the London Marathon last year, you know, it was a difficult year, so you're going to get a lot of stories about that. Any of us that ran it or even thought about it, we're going to tell you, anyway, me and Monica and a few others. Um, 
Frankly, last year I would have drunk any liquid that anyone would have given me on that course all the way around. It didn't go so well, and I, I drank basically at every single water station plus the water that I had. And when I got back at the end of the race, having drunk all the refresh, refreshment fluids, I was six pounds lighter. Um, so no wonder I was a little bit thirsty. And when you're really thirsty or you're really properly hungry, you'll just you'll go for anything. The words of Jesus in the Beatitudes, and you can find them on page 916, the ones I read earlier, have these two things interwoven through them. There is the physical reality, but there's also, you know, the bread. I'll cover that. We might get flies. Uh, there's the physical reality of being poor in spirit or being hungry, but there's also this spiritual reality, and the two things are interwoven together. We, uh, during our time in Torquay, a lot of the the, the things that we did with uh, a group of others was to work with people who had nothing, who had found themselves at the bottom of the pile. Sometimes through their own poor choices, sometimes just because life had got the better of them, sometimes because they'd served their country and they were suffering and no one had helped them. But you know when you're working with folks that have nothing, I mean, literally, they don't know where the next meal is going to come from. They will not only welcome the food and the drink that you've got to offer them, but they will say yes to whatever you've got for them. Peter and John at that gate called Beautiful, the man cries out, he's hungry for money just to get through the day. But what they give him in return is they give him his life back. You see, those who are really hungry, physically, are often also really hungry spiritually. In the last little bit of the time that Meg and I were were in Torquay, we used to run this cafe on a Friday. I say I used to run it. Frankly, lots of other people used to run it. I used to go along and cheer them along um, because they were amazing, the folks that were on the team. But it used to, one of the days that it used to happen was on a Friday. And so we always had this kind of conversation each Good Friday because there was this um, there was this walk of witness that used to happen through Torquay, and, and we were supposed to be having services in the church on Good Friday, and it was like, well, what are we going to do? We've got, the, we've got the hungry and the homeless and, and the people that work for the council coming in to eat and eat bacon sandwiches and drink coffee. with. What, are we going to send them away just because we've got some happy, high, holy day? Well, not a happy one. So we can do, you know, make our religious observance. And we, we played with all sorts of things over the time that I was there as to how do we, how do we bring Good Friday into the middle of that cafe? And one of the last ones that I was there for, we, we'd been running, uh, 
the access course slightly differently to how we're doing it here. Um, but the same, the same core stuff. And what we did is we brought the access course, a really simple Bible study, right into the middle of that cafe. And there'd been a little bit of worship alongside the bacon butties and the, and the strong coffee. And there was this, this moment where the cafe was full of folks that were physically hungry, feeding on the Word of God. And I think there were four or five groups, you know, small groups, around the church, all looking at what Good Friday means and what Jesus has done on the cross. You see, the problem for those of us who don't really know what hunger is like, both physically and spiritually, is it leads to enormous complacency. It leads to us getting comfortable and just plodding along, doing the same old stuff that we've always done. When um, when I was at drama school, we used to have these, uh, used to have, they used to call them crits, and they would happen after, after the production, and your tutor and uh, a little team of others would sit you down and uh, tell you how terribly you'd performed and uh, how you could do better. I mean, that's certainly what they told me each time anyway. Uh, maybe they told the others something different. Um, maybe that's why I didn't stick it out. But they, they, they'd have these crits, and I remember this, this one crit, and uh, uh, Donna, who was uh, leading, leading the course at that time, she just turned around to me and she eyeballed me at the end of this crit, and she said, you know your problem, Mark? She said, you're just not hungry enough. You're just not hungry enough. We can be hungry for all sorts of things. We can be hungry for the right things and hungry for the wrong things. We can be hungry for attention. We can be hungry for someone, please, someone to like what we put up on Facebook. We can be hungry for the, re- for the relational connection between another human being because for whatever reason that is absent at the moment. We can be hungry for weight loss or hungry for weight gain. We can be hungry for more, for more money, for more power, for more sex. And the world teaches us that we are supposed to be hungry and we're supposed to want more and more and more. It was really interesting watching the tennis and I I haven't, um, apart from after the first song, checked the result. So I'm not going to announce it and if you know, don't tell me. Um, but it was really interesting listening to some of the interviews with um, with Simona, the, the the girl that won the French, uh, not the French. What am I talking about? It's tennis, women's singles. Amazing match. I mean, they just they this so much more efficient than the men's final, isn't it? Fifty six minutes, job done. But she was talking about how how she had gone away and she had put the work in for particular bits of her game. 
and that she'd come back. And she, you know, she came, if you looked at the interviews before, the interviews before and the interviews after, actually they're kind of the same. She's just kind of got this bounce. Because it's like, it's almost like she knows she's done the work that might mean that it's possible. (laughs) She's done the work. One of the dangers of talking about this hungry word is that we can hear hungry and that equals effort. You know, the tennis player was hungry to win, so they went and worked and put the effort in. Mark messed up in a play, so he worked even harder, and next time Donna was a bit more smiley. I worked really hard at my at my image and my profile on LinkedIn so that I'd get a great job, because I was really hungry to get that thing. This is nothing to do with what the passage is about. Absolutely zip zero. You see, it's blessed are those who are hungry and who thirst for righteousness. For righteousness And you see, righteousness is a free gift from God. It's not something we work for. It's something that we are clothed in as a completely free gift from God. It's not something that we earn. It's something that actually, in order to take hold of, we have to let go of something. If we want to receive the righteousness of God, what we have to do is repent, turn round, change our minds, let go of my right, and accept that God is right. To let go of my right, and accept that God is right. That God's right, I know I'm mixing my words in this bit, but follow me. That God's right, and I'm not. That God's right, that he has the right to judge, because he's the creator of the world, and I'm not. God's right. He's won the right because he came in person and died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. God's right to declare that we have been forgiven. God's right to bestow on us the title of adopted children who have been included in his family. And God's right to clothe us with righteousness as a free gift. You see, it's all about him, not about my working. It's not about me being super hungry and earning something that he's then going to feed me with. It's all about him. Come to me. All you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without cost.
Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Come to me, all you who are thirsty. You know, there are also things that we can do to make ourselves hungry. I mean hungry in the right way. You know, you you come into the kitchen and someone else is cooking and it's like, oh yeah, I could I could have some of that. You know, or you or you go on a go on a long work and a walk and you get and you get thirsty. I, I talked to some walkers here, you know, and and I saw them. And I wasn't quite sure which direction they were going as to. You know, I looked at them, actually, I should have been able to spot it. They looked exhausted. So they were, they were on the end of the Cotswold Way. Uh, and their question to me wasn't, how far is it into Bath? It was, where's the pub? <laughs> so I sent them in Kevin's direction. I hope he appreciates the business. They were, they had worked hard and they were thirsty for a drink in a good way. What are the things that we can do that make us hungry and thirsty for what God says about us? For having Him clothe us afresh with righteousness. I think they are the simple things that we always do. And so the simple question comes back, are you doing them? You know, if you read the Word of God and feed on the Word of God, what happens is you get hungrier. He satisfies you, but you get hungrier. If you step into worship or into prayer, He feeds you, but you get hungrier. Hungrier for Him. Maybe some of us just need to step out in faith so we're actually in a place where we need his fresh word again. You know, maybe some of you need to go and stand on a street corner or on a sit on a bench with a cup of coffee and just pray a really dangerous prayer. Holy Spirit, who do you want to speak to today? And if, you, if you've never prayed that prayer, find a bench this week and get a cup of coffee and sit on it. Pray, the, pray that prayer. I, I can't guarantee it, but I can, I'm, I'm willing to put... No, I'm not willing to bet on it, actually. We're not doing that. No. It's going to work really well, because he's faithful. Okay, I don't need to bet on it. <laughs> that was the wrong... This, this culture just slips in, doesn't it? <laughs> You know, he, he, he's just, he, he wants to use you and speak with you and, and co-mission with you. And some of you just need to step out of the comfort zone and go, okay Lord, I'm here. Show me what this looks like. Yeah? And you know what? He'll do it. Because he's faithful and he loves you and you're his children. You know, if you're, if you're feeling like you're in the comfort zone, just get out of it. 
The amplified version of this same passage says this, Blessed, joyful, nourished by God's goodness are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those who actively seek right standing with God. For they will be completely satisfied. Or in the NIV, they will be filled. Folks, are you are you comfortable? If you're comfortable, it's time to get uncomfortable. If you're overfed on the wrong things, which is so easy to do, we have these devices that just feed us the wrong stuff if we're not careful. Maybe it's time to put them down and pick up something else. If you can't remember the last time you were thirsty for the presence of God. Maybe it's time to simply declare again. Loving Heavenly Father. You're right. You're right. And as you do that, what I pray that will happen is this promise from Jesus. That he will clothe you with righteousness, that you will know it, and that you will be filled from the inside out. We're going to worship for a little bit more, and I'd love just to pray us, pray us into that. And um, I want to invite you to I invite you to stand where you are as we worship. And just in this in this moment lay down, let go of your working, your earning for God's favor. And look up again at the King of Kings. Gaze upon him. Accept that he's right. And allow him to clothe you, to speak over you the truth that you've been adopted into his family. And as you do so, Holy Spirit, come and fill us afresh. Come and satisfy that hunger in the way that only you can that makes us hungrier for you. That makes us thirstier for you. And some of you, that challenge of stepping out into something different, 
this worship moment will will just be the foretaste of you stepping out of the comfort zone this week. You know, God is not done with his church. He's not done with the C of E. He loves to pour out his spirit and take ordinary followers and turn them into clothed and equipped radicals in co-mission with him. People that are willing just to walk in his way. People who go step by step feeding on him, drinking him in deep. So let's eat, let's drink, let's worship together.